Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter over there, and he's with Further Still Ministries. And we are Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men. We talk about things from a dude's perspective. We have lots of listeners who are ladies, and that is okay. We like that. But we want to talk to the guys as our primary audience. So if you are just coming upon us, dialing through the radio, and we are on your airwaves, thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll hang in there, and uh, you'll hear some stuff from us that is uh, moderately entertaining, but hopefully um, <laughs> useful. Moderately entertaining. We're not. We're very sober here in our <laughs> our, our view of ourselves. But uh, we are. Uh, we talk about all different types of things. But we're, right now, we're in the middle of a book study. We don't. We only do this maybe a couple times a year. We will study a book for maybe four or five weeks, and we are studying a book called "Shepherding a Child's Heart" by Ted Tripp. Shepherding a Child's Heart, and we're talking about raising kids, and the whole premise of this, of why we're doing this show is... Because you have six boys, 11 and under. And I need this show, yes. <laughs> but uh, so many of us as parents are raising children to behave a certain way, which is the outward, which is okay, but it's not best to say, I want to raise a child not just to obey outwardly, but to have an inward connection, hence the name Shepherding a Child's Heart, as opposed to shepherding a child's behavior and doing and not doing. So today's topic is interesting. It reminded me this week of how uh, how I don't think I'm doing parenting right. <laughs> it was an, it was a reminder, dude, dude. Let me tell you, it is the most one of the most difficult oh. things on the planet to do. So I had one of my boys who who uh, he he is uh, quite rambunctious. Uh, he's wired that way. He's he's five years old. And, uh, and Judah did something that he was not supposed to do, but I was not like super mad at him, but he needed to like be removed from the situation. And I was not yelling, screaming. I was under some control. And I said, Judah, I need you to go to your room. And anytime go to your room, that equates to not, things aren't going, going to go well for me, right? If I'm (laughs) under four feet. So if I said, Hey, go to your room. So he was obviously not happy about this. He was mad and he started to let me know this. But while he was doing this, he plopped down onto the ground and he scooted all the way around me down the hall and he was still crying and yelling at me let me have it of why you know give me the riot act but he scooted all the way down the hall because he knew he didn't want his bare end open for <laughs> for a smack on the bottom on the way to the room for a rod of correction he smarted him to say hey i'm going to avoid this if i can and he scooted all the way down the hall give me the riot act and i thought i don't think i'm doing this right this parenting thing like if i have to discipline my kids and then he's so concerned about me smacking him on the bottom on the way to the room i don't you know there, there, there's a certain it was humorous but at the same time i know that were you laughing uh inside i was it was okay. hysterical it was riotous but uh but I, today we're talking a part of what we're talking about is uh how to discipline our kids and what that looks like when it comes to keeping rules and obeying us and, and what the difference is getting them to bay outwardly and getting them to bay inwardly. You know, Ch- Chad, uh, yeah, it, it's so easy to go after the behavior, and it's it's really a tough thing to continue to go after the heart because the heart, what, is, what does the Bible say? The heart is what? The wellspring of life. It's the wellspring of life, and, and above all things, it's deceitful, and uh, it, it can lead us down the wrong uh, wrong pathway. So um, so we're going to talk about a couple things here, but we've got two dads in here to, to talk with us about uh, this whole shepherding a child's heart. So, Rob, uh, 
Rob Cato, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. It's great to have you. Um, you got one one a child, ten years ten. Yeah, ten years old. And uh, so we're just going to talk about this book and uh, and Max Semenik. Max, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. You've got uh, you've got how many kids? I have three boys, eight, six, and four. You you and Chad, all the, these boys, well, and you you too, Rob. So there's a there's a tribe of boys in here. That's exactly right. You know, I've got three girls and a boy. So, uh, but anyway, so welcome to the show. And uh, so let's just jump right in. I, I, I'm going to tell us. Uh, we're going to talk about this whole p- piece of discipline mm-hmm. and using the rod of correction and uh, you know getting to spanking. But we're going to touch on that a little bit. I, I do want to share this real quickly. The story of, of Ivy when she was. Uh, we were, Kristen and I were dealing with. <laughs> With our third born, and uh, she she must have been like I don't know six seven years old, and she knew she was going to get a spanking, and uh, and so we always would pray with the kids before they get a spanking. <laughs> it's always good to associate prayer with you know getting a spanking. I think. <laughs> and so she's and so Kristen said, uh, "Okay, Ivy, you know what did you, you know do what did you do wrong and all this and and then she goes, "Will, will you just pray?" Pray, Ivy. And Ivy throws both arms up in the air, and she says, Oh, God, you are my God, and I know you don't want me to get a spanking. (laughs) 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 So we're going to talk about spanking and using the rod of correction, but that's just a little bit later. But the first part of this, and it's it's a combination of, of just healthy communication with our kids. And so many times in in the book, he talks about uh, rules correction and discipline and that's kind of the 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 beginning and end of our communication but he really uh, names out a whole host of other ways of communication um you know max when when you were reading this when this section of the book what stuck stuck out to you you know i think right off the bat i was reminded when we were brand new parents because this is exactly what we did <laughs> you go into crisis mode and you react because all these new things are happening in reading the book i was pretty embarrassed because it made me think about if i only interacted with sarah my wife in this way i would obviously she think she would she would kick your rear end well yeah she would have her way with that <laughs> But like, how could I possibly expect a good relationship with her if these were the only tools that I brought to the table? Mm. So why would I think it would be so very different with my children when really the only difference is that they can't push back on me the same way my wife can? Mm. That's mm. good stuff. That's a great way to think about it because it's just, it's not just rules, correction, and discipline. Rob, when you, when you were reading this section of the book, what stuck out to you? You know, the fact that... Uh, Run chapter nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was for our listeners. For those who are listening, that, that was for our listeners. Yeah. You're not telling me. Okay, no, that's good. Um, no, I mean, it's the fact that we only interact with our children when they're doing something wrong, yeah. you know, very early on. And, right. you know, I caught myself doing that quite a bit when I was a new parent. Um, it, it took me a while to actually realize that I was raising a little man and that we should be having conversations, mm. you know, and I should be paying attention to everything he's been saying. And uh, that was one of those things that stood out for me right off the bat in chapter nine is, you know, I was that parent that I, I waited till my son did something until I actually talked to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so easy to just, you know, have minimal conversation, have minimal communication until the, the, we need to kick in with some kind of discipline or some kind of correction. I, I love what he talks about um, in the, the different types of communication. One, one key piece was the, the whole word of encouragement. You know, I think it's interesting that the Bible says that we are to encourage one another every day. And that really means our kids. And Max, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think we often consider encouragement to simply be making someone feel better. And so if that's the way we see it, well, then inevitably we have to wait for them to feel bad. And then we're given opportunity to make them feel better. But literally encouragement means to put courage inside of someone. Yep. And that's really best left for those moments outside of conflict. And so when I'm driving my boys to school or we're going to a game or really just anything that's going on in life, I should take every opportunity I can to bottle up courage and you know, stuff it into them as best, as best that I can. And we see the result then when we're in conflict because we put the better work in when we were outside of it. Yeah, that's that's a really good word. I, I love what he says in here. This uh, He talks about uh, a young guy, a young kid who really exploded in anger at his classmates, and it, he got to calm down, and he was sp- finally able to speak rationally. And he says, it's no use. I, I just shouldn't play. Every time I do, I make people mad at me, and all this crazy stuff happens. And, and Ted Tripp says this was obviously not a time for rebuke. It wasn't a time for correction or even, even instruction. This lad needed to be encouraged that Christ came because we're sinful and needy people. And I thought, ah, oh, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Because so many times we want to pounce on the negative. And even when there's conflict, we can, in, in, we can use encouragement even when we're correcting them. Um, Guys, he also mentions in here, uh, you know, we, we, have to, we have to correct. That's a piece of communication. We have to rebuke at times. But he also mentions entreaty. Uh, he mentions, my son, give me your heart. He, he calls this an entreaty out of Proverbs 23, verse 26. And uh, he mentions how, as a dad, he would really use this in the area of sexual purity, of, of pornography, of the, the high price of sexual sin. And he used the, the entreaty. He called it pleading, soliciting, urging, and even begging. Any, anything come out of, uh, uh, in your mind, Max, as you read this? You know, I feel like this is the stage we're just now entering with our boys. Mm. And kind of like I said earlier, there's a temptation being the dad and being so much bigger and louder than my sons that I can just have my way with them. Mm. But as they're getting older, I am finding that that authoritarian voice, they're listening to it less and less. But as I talk to them, like their hearts and souls actually matter, that their opinions matter. And we talk about some topics that maybe some would be uncomfortable with. My boys desperately need to hear these things. They need to hear that daddy struggled, that daddy needed mm. Jesus to save him from his sin, that, that daddy needed other people to explain to me and model to me how to forgive, um, how to do well with others, how to put myself at the feet of Jesus. And though they might not understand every nuance 
of that, I'm always amazed that they understand more than I anticipated. That's, yeah, that's good stuff. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. And uh, Ted Tripp writes in there that most parents, 90% of us, have three ways to communicate. We give rules, we give correction, we give discipline. But there's actually eight total that he recommends. We've covered a couple of them. We're going to cover a couple more in the next segment. So we'll be back shortly. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. And if you're not coming back and you're just joining us, welcome. Uh, we have been talking about in the last segment, we're talking, we're going through the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. And we just passed a couple uh, uh, last chat, last uh, segment, we talked about a few different types of ways to communicate to your kids. Instead of just giving them rules, correcting them, and disciplining them, there are also other areas, and we've covered a couple of them. One of them was to encourage. You can communicate to your kids through encouraging them. Uh, And we can also communicate to them by correcting them, rebuking them, entreating them. Uh, And talk about encouragement. We're encouraged by our sponsors. We are very encouraged to have LNN Credit Union. They have been a local lender for years, and they were in 2018 voted one of the best places to work in Louisville. Now, if it's a great place to work, do you think it's a good place to do business with? So LNN Credit Union, please look them up. Great local lenders and financial uh, support. And also Vision First, Vision First Eye Care. They have 15 locations in the Louisville area throughout the state and in uh, parts of southern Indiana, up to 20 different doctors. But they know you personally. You're an individual, not just a set of eyes. So uh, get to go to Vision First. They will take care of your eyes and you as a person. You know, Chad, um, he talks about here in in the book having richer forms of communication. I don't don't really think of it like that because, you know, the whole rebuke and correct um, but he he mentions this the, the richer forms of communication, you know, entreaty, uh, that we have to sit down with our kids and give them gentle, gracious, biblical instruction. Uh, and then one of the, one of them that stood out to me was just warning. You know, we, where we need warn. He says warning is merciful speech. Max, do you have any thoughts on that when you read that? Yeah, it took me a while in our parenting just to be okay with the idea of telling my kids when I was wrong, and in particular, when I'd been wrong when I was their age. And even in sharing with them the warnings of my own experience, I often wondered, are they listening? Does this matter? And it was a day when one of my teacher or one of my kids' teachers told me, hey, your son stood up in class and talked about you as a kid as a warning to something that was going on hmm. amongst his friends. <laughs> And so that was a good reminder to me that while they are really listening and that the value of um, taking that form of communication seriously was there. Yeah, you know, um, so many times, we, you know, uh, as we mentioned, we could just get into the kind of the discipline correction mode. I love what, what the book of Proverbs, and he, he, this book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, quotes out of the book of Proverbs over and over and over again. But listen to this. Um, it, as warnings to your kids, laziness ends up in slave labor. He who ignores discipline will come to poverty and shame. Mere talk leads only to poverty. A harsh word stirs up anger. Pride goes before destruction. These are all warnings that the Bible just uh, reiterates over and over again. And we kind of, we kind of, as parents, sometimes can miss over that. Rob, you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's a, a reap what you sow philosophy with warnings. It's, 
you know, A, <clears throat> A equals B. It's a very simple statement that kids can understand very easily. And so, you know, I, I've used warnings before in my own parenting because of its simplicity. You know, I, I've, uh, it's, it, when, when it's right out of the Bible, one of the great things we can do is just read the Proverbs with, uh, with our kids. Just read little, little pieces of Proverbs and then talk about it with them. Uh, think about how many times when, <clears throat> as you get older, that your, your father or mother or someone, when you were a child, warned you of something. How, how did you take it then? You didn't go, that's really deep, thank you. And I, I really take that in and I really embrace that. <laughs> you always rolled your eyes at it, almost always, right? You just, it's almost like a gag reflex when you're told as a child, a warning. Now, how many years later does those warnings now echo in your mind? So I get caught up in the moment where I say, son, if you do this, A leads to B. and when the response back to them is not nearly as appreciative as I think it should be, I'm reminded they're not going to understand that now. I'm not parenting them for this moment. I'm parenting them for 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And and I remember things when my dad said things. And now that frightening moment in every man's life, when he starts quoting his father (laughs) and he goes, I sound just like my dad, there's something to it. So I would just encourage as I'm learning, you are not going to get the feedback immediately from your 10-year-old. But when they're 20 and 30, that's when you want them to remember, you warned me then and now I get it. So it's, it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a delayed gratification, I guess, if you will, when you're telling them these things now. Yeah, and it's also this, this piece of really teaching, <clears throat> instructing our kids. that there's, it's, it's not in the negative times, but it's in the positive times. Right. Of, hey, hey, there's, hey when, when we're in this situation down the road, I... I, I, I you begin to train, instruct, and help them understand this is how I want you to live. This is how I want you to respond when this happens. Um, this whole teaching piece of, you know, we, we think, well, that's, hey, that's left for the youth workers. Or, or that's, uh, we, we, you know, that's the Sunday school teachers. They're supposed to instruct them about all these things. But really, the Bible says very clearly, dads, fathers, you, this is to, you're to be impressing these things upon their hearts. Um, he, he mentions here the whole area of prayer. He says, while prayer is not communication with the child, but with God, it is nevertheless an essential element of communication between the parent and the child. Often our most penetrating insights into our kids will come as they pray. Isn't it, isn't it interesting when you hear your kids pray? Um, understanding what they pray and how they pray is often a window into their souls. Max, when your kids pray, are you, <laughs> what do you think? Well, most of the time when they pray, they're thanking God for the ketchup on the table or whatever else they see. Um, but I think especially of our middle son, who, you know, behavior-wise, he is our biggest challenge. And we've learned that a lot of the sort of normal discipline tools that are offered to us, they just don't work with him. But we have found that when we go straight to praying with him, his ability to express himself and what is really going on, um, it's like he's a completely different person, and it puts us in a posture to listen to him, I think, in a way he doesn't feel listened to in any other way. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, the, he mentions us in the book, in chapter 10, the power of, of parents who listen, who listen well. 
uh, he makes a comment, you must be a good listener. You will miss precious opportunities when you only half listen to your children. Rob, has there been times when you half, half listen to your kids and, and, uh, and, or your 10-year-old? You know, I, I feel like we train our teenagers for how to communicate with us in, in, in that section of their life. They, uh, they watch us go, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, not paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. And then you get that right back to you yes. in spades. You know, basically, they're, they're doing the same thing that you did earlier on in their life. Uh, you taught them to communicate that way. And, um, you know, I'm, I do the same thing with my son. And, you know, if, if it's not interesting to me or if I'm engaged in something else, I'm just kind of half listening to what he's saying. Um, and and I've, I've caught myself a few times after reading this book saying, you know, I better sit down and really pay attention because he's in the mood at this point to talk to me. And that's a rarity when you when you find and, and he mentions in the book, you know, you need to talk when your child's in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that's inconvenient. Sometimes you're staring at your computer screen or your, or your lap or your, uh, you know, your tablet or something, and he comes up and starts talking to you. You need to put that down and spend some time with him at that point. Yeah, it's the, the uh, making them the priority of how uh, we're going to encourage, we're going to listen, we're going to teach and correct. You know, it, um, it's he says in here, honest, thorough, truly biblical communication is expensive. Insightful and penetrating conversations take time, and uh, this this is the whole. Really, what we're really talking about here is in one sense we're we're discipling our kids, we're we're helping them. Yeah, last night I, I I'm I come home late because I took three of them out to get out of the house for a little bit because mom needed to do stuff with the bigger ones, and I got home. It was it was a late night, and we're trying to get people in bed, and and my two oldest, both of them hadn't seen them all day. You, Both, had, you hadn't seen them all day? Hardly any of the, the bigs. Uh, most of the day, I didn't see them. And they wanted to tell me, hey, Dad, hey, Dad. And I shut them both down. I got, I'm doing something, right? I'm doing something right now. And, and, I, and, I look, and I think back, and I was reading this that last night after they went to bed. I thought, you got it. He says right here, he says, a wise parent talks when the kids are ready to talk. There is going to be a day and time, like you said, I'm going to be trying to pry words out of them. Yes. Boy, if they want to talk to me now, I'm not saying 100%, you know, uh, access to me anytime, every time. But boy, when they want to talk, I got to give them my ear. And so I remind today, I got to apologize to them today. Boys, I am sorry. Because even this morning, one of the little ones, the one of those boys says, Dad, I didn't see you hardly any yesterday. Like, I just want to talk to you about this little mm. thing. We are wired to want to be heard. As adults, we want to be heard. And man, if I'm not listening to my sons now, uh, you know, they're not going to want to hear me. They're not going to give me their ear later. When, like you said, I think about when somebody said the saying, you give it out in slices, but you get it back in loaves. <laughs> that's, that's you got to give out some slices of listening so you'll get it back in loaves later on. That's, uh, that's, that is so true. So I'll tell you, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to communicate. We're going to talk in the next segment about a very controversial thing. We're going to wrap it up in 11 minutes. <laughs> we're going to talk about the rod. We're going to talk about discipline, like physical discipline. And that might make you say, oh my gosh, no, or oh my gosh, yes. Uh, We're going to unpack that. We're going to talk a little bit about what does it look like to discipline your children in a physical way 
and to do it the right way. Yes, there is a right way, and depending on which side of the fence you're on, uh, this could be a little controversial, especially in today's uh, society. So we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Come back and listen on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you want to hear the first two, we'd love you to listen. Go back to iTunes or SoundCloud, and you can hear all of our past shows, over 100-plus shows we've done over the past couple years, in their entirety, commercial-free, thanks to our sponsors. So what we do is, these if you're hearing this on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday evening, uh, you can hear the weekly show that has just aired that weekend monday we push put it on our facebook page or itunes or soundcloud or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org and click on the mic and you can hear all of our shows in their entirety commercial free thanks to our sponsors great sponsors like frank brothers uh frank brothers that's where i take my car to get well they are they they are They are Frank bro- Enterprises. They are brothers. Yeah, Frank Enterprises. <laughs> Frank Enterprises is your premier septic and landscaping company servicing Louisville since 1997. Listen, you don't, you're not in business that long if you're not doing something well. So if you have any septic issues, any kind of landscaping issues, land drainage issues with water, and it, it's not running where it's supposed to run, uh, Frank Enterprises, they will take care of you. Frank Septic Repair Louisville. Dot com And also, we want to thank Bright Star Home Care. I, I can't think of a more important uh, business industry that helps minister to your loved ones. Do you know anyone in your life who is not, they're going to need some in-home care. You don't want to, you can't afford to put them in a nursing home. You can't afford to have a full-time nurse. You just need someone to help out your loved ones to, whether it's doing things around the house, bathing, whatever it might be, Bright Star Care helps do that. Uh, so they are a sponsor of our show, and we really thank uh, both of them for doing that. So, Tad, we're going to talk about spanking. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Uh, but, but before we do, it's, it's, we use uh, spanking. We use the rod of correction. That's, a, that's what the Bible calls it, the rod of correction. Um, but he, he mentions it right before, in, in the chapter before, he says, Children know when they have a relationship with people who are wise and discerning, who know and understand them who love and are committed to them. They will know if you know the ways of God, that you understand life and you understand people in the world, and you're prepared to carry on a relationship of integrity and security. He said there'll be times of disagreement or conflict, but disagreement can be resolved in a relationship of open communication. Did you guys have any thoughts on that when you read that? Yeah, you know, one of the things we've seen in our kids recently is there will be times where they disagree with, say, a teacher or their Taekwondo instructor, and it'll be followed up with a statement, well, my dad told me. And it's not because they think I'm smarter than anyone else, but what we've learned is that they believe I'm honest with them. Mm. And so there's a conflict in their mind over something they hear from their father that doesn't square up with what they hear anywhere, anywhere else. And it's been a great encouragement to me that a lot of what is discussed here, even though we don't feel it in the moment, the foundation really has been laid for you know a better relationship. Yeah, I mean it's all about how do we have good relationships with our kids so that we can encourage them, we ha- we can have entreaty and all those forms of communication, and at times then move to the rod of correction. You were going to say something though, Rod? No, it's that foundation of trust that he was referring to that makes all the difference to a child. They're not going to submit to somebody that they don't trust. And, and you're the authority, but you have to have that trust as that foundation. 
And the other thing that I read, uh, you know, just after what you had read uh, in the book, was you need to help him realize his full potential as a creature of God, but an individual, not a mini-me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not creating another one of you. You're trying to show that, you know, God created you for a reason, and I'm going to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great part to that. Yeah, that's that's a good word. That's a good word. And, and, and part of that is at times we have to, we have to give discipline. I, I love he starts in, in chapter 11 in this shepherding a child's heart, embracing biblical methods, the rod. It says, dear, you know what mommy said, and you did not obey mommy. And now I'll have to spank you. You know, dear, that I'm not mad at you, but you must learn to obey. The baby was mute in the face of correction. But then she was only a doll. And the mommy was a four-year-old little girl named Lauren. The speaker behind the speaker was obviously her mom. And I I just, when I read that, in fact, I read it to Nancy this morning. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's just, uh, she had learned how to be gracious and honoring and yet still give a spanking <laughs> which that that is for me a big challenge when you've got six boys whether you have one boy it doesn't matter how many numbers it's it's a it's a challenging thing and i, I think uh and i think you're going to cover this here in a minute the distortions of the rod how how to not spank your child or in the ways you're not supposed to do but he, he says here that the spanking is designed to rescue the child from continuing in his foolishness. Mm. If he continues, his doom is certain. Thus, the parent is driven by love for the child, must use the rod. If I'm spanking my kids in a heat of emotion, I am losing way impactful. It may be impactful literally in that moment, but if they, if they see this as something they're doing to me, and not for me. Mm, that's a hu- that's huge, bro. Now they may not get that at at seven, but they will get that later. They will get it. That you're not doing this something to them. It's for your benefit. But boy, if we don't communicate that well, minus the emotion, if I cannot take my emotion out of this as best I can, I shouldn't be spanking at that moment. But anyway, well, you know, and a, a verse that was really really helpful for me uh, as a dad uh, with little kids is James one nineteen. We must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And then it goes on, because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm. And like going, oh my goodness, I, I, yeah, in my anger, I got him to stop the bad behavior, but that's not gonna, it's not gonna produce the end result that I'm really after. Right. And so um, he mentions here, let me just read a couple of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Uh, Proverbs 29, 15, uh, the rod of correction imparts wisdom. Proverbs 24, punish him, a child, with a rod and save his soul from death. It, it goes back to, I'm not, we're not inflicting this punishment on them this is for their well-being if 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 you had a little three-year-old who's going to run out in front of a semi and he's going to play in the road what would you do you would do whatever you could to stop that behavior and to to pull them to safety and that's really what he's saying in the in the book here and throughout the book of proverbs um it it brings life rob you're going to say something no, I mean, I, I don't think we'd be debating the rationale of the rod um, 
you know, if we were to go back, I, I think he even mentions in the 1950s, if this were to, wouldn't even be a chapter because it wouldn't be worth talking about. Um, however, back then, you know, the iconic figures of, of the rod and spanking were, you know, like the John Wayne, uh, you know, type figures. To um, take him out to the back woodshed, and I, I'm not going to talk much to you, but I'm going to whoop you good <laughs> because you got, you, you've been misbehaving. And uh, he goes, that, it, that is totally not the biblical instruction and guideline, you know, that when we think about spanking, when we think about using the rod. Um, Max, when you read this chapter, what, what, what stuck out to you? I mean, it's a tough topic, right? And there's a lot that weighs on it. And even in our own family, you know, my dad and his brothers and sister, they were abused growing up. And my dad will tell you that as an eight-year-old little boy, he laid on his bed and he promised he would never do that to his kids. Mm. And he didn't. You know, he stopped a chain of sin in our family that, you know, I'm very grateful for. But it didn't mean he didn't spank me because he needed to put into me things that just were not naturally there. And so that was a dramatic and really positive, um, you know, piece that I remember and I'm very grateful for as a dad now. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, we, it, there's so many misconceptions and so many, um, it can be misconstrued, but when it's done with love, and gentleness and there's there's no there's no anger I, I love what he says in, in the book he says on many occasions my children have seen tears in my eyes when it was time to spank them I did not want to do it my love for my children drove me to the task I knew that failure to spank would be unfaithfulness to their souls and I, I, I love that because it's not, this is not out, out of anger. I'm not, a, I'm not frustrated with you. Um, I love what he says, that when we, when we use the rod of correction, it's done carefully, timely, it's measured, and it's controlled use. Uh, I, 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 I like that. There's, it's very, it's done in the context of, of great grace and love and compassion. And one of the things that I, uh, that over the years that you know, Kristen and I tried to do was, was to really um, give them physical affection in the context of also giving them a spanking. That these hands love you, that we care for you, we value you. Now, I didn't always do that. There was times I, you know, would do it in frustration. And right. Chad, like, you know, like you, I'd have to go back yeah. and say, Daddy disciplined you in anger, right? And that was wrong. <clears throat> and I, I need you to forgive me. And it's amazing how how quickly our, our kids can forgive us. I just think that's such a big idea that um, you know, getting your hands on your kids for good reasons too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I try to make sure that I'm on the floor wrestling with my boys every day. Mm-hmm. And part of the encouragement, at least to me, is that even though we have spanked our boys, they've never then recoiled from me later, either for hugs and affection or just wrestling and playing. And so even though I don't have the magic formula with it, we've seen where those things really are different and correction doesn't have to lead to um, bigger, darker things to be worried about. Yeah, you know, uh, he, he shares a story in here about the it's 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 so positive. We, the the world wants to make it a negative experience, and so many times it is. Um, and you know what? We're gonna. We'll, I'll I'll share this at the next segment. Yeah, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna take a few minutes here to talk about 
you know, some of the distortions of the ride, what not to do, how not to do it. But we're going to focus a little bit more on how to do it uh, and then just kind of finish up here in this last segment talking about uh, the disciplining of our children for the, for the inward in their heart and not just their outside. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment for today's show. Uh, if you missed any of this and you'd like to maybe hear a little bit more, we're talking about shepherding a child's heart, how to parent your kids on the inside and not just the outside for their behavior only. We're, we're trying to reach our kids' hearts. And uh, if you want to reach your financial goals, Dan Hart Financial, Dan Uh, One of the things he says here is moving forward in your financial goals without a guide often results in wasted time and wasted money. Dan Hart Financial wants to help you take your money, be a good steward of it, and help it make it last a lot longer in your financial investment. So we want to thank Dan Hart of Hart Financial as being a sponsor of our show. You know, Chad, when he talks about in the book about having great communication, all the different types of communication, and then incorporating the rod of correction when appropriate. I mean, it's not like you're giving these, you get your kids a spanking, you know, like all the time. There's a whole other methodologies of how do we can discipline and encourage and all that, all that. But I love what he says. Um, uh, there's distortions of using the rod of, of spanking. And he says, a friend of mine had to spank his son during a visit with his, with his folks. He took his child into a private room, spoke with him and administered a spanking. Afterward, he reassured his son of his love for him. Smiling together, they emerged from the room. The spanking was over. The son was restored to his father. They were both happy and at peace. Grandmother was upset. The spanking did not bother her. It was the very fact that my friend was not carrying some anger with him that troubled her. She said a spanking would do no good unless they were mad at each other afterward. She saw spankings as something that produced distance rather than closeness. Max, when you read that, what'd you think? Uh, that I'm glad that wasn't my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest thing that I thought was, as a kid, I remember the feelings that a spanking produced distance. And I only really got to see my dad one weekend a month because of custody stuff and different things. And when that one weekend was characterized with a spanking, it was really hard to recover mm-hmm. and want to go back th- back that next month. Yeah. And so when things change for us significantly um, around that around that topic, that changed my relationship with my dad for the better. Mm. Uh, you know, it, I, I really believe, I've seen this with my own kids, it doesn't have to bring distance. It doesn't have to bring distance and anger at each other. I, many times there is, a, and especially that happens when – when we, when we as dads, when we get angry and we are frustrated and we go in to spank them and we're going to make things right, um, but that, that's, that's when distance and then the, our kids get angry in return. Rob, are you going to say something? Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, this is not an embarrassment or a humiliation for the child. Yes. And, you know, it's a correction. It's bringing him back in the fold. So it's actually a happy moment once you're done. 
So to come out and be happy about it, I mean, that's a natural reaction if you do it correctly. Yeah, it's, he, he calls it in the book a rescue mission. This is, we, we love our kids so much that we want to rescue them. And at times, periodically, when it's done measured and controlled with grace and with love, we administer a spanking with the rod of correction. He, he mentions a bunch of uh, uh, objections to the rod. He said, well, I love my children too much to spank them. And uh, he says, yeah, the most di- one of the most difficult things is to hold your child over your knee and purposefully inflict pain on him. You feel that you love him too much to do so, but ask yourself this question. Who benefits if you do not spank your child? Surely, he says, not the child. He, he also, uh, uh, another objection he hears over the years is, I'm afraid that I'll hurt him. And uh, he, again, he he. he Quotes Proverbs 23, do not hold, withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. And obviously, we, we don't beat him. It's not, you don't use a belt. You don't use, a, you know, some gigantic paddle. You use a rod. And he, we're going to talk about that more later in the book. He also mentions, uh, uh, I'm afraid that I'll make him rebellious and angry. And uh, it's in the context of really of hugs and prayer and love. Um, have you, uh, Max, have you ever, uh, your thoughts on, I'm afraid that I'll make him rebellious and angry? Yeah, I, you know, like I said, one of our children just interacts with these things differently. <laughs> you know, that's a nice way of saying it's a real challenge. And the temptation is to avoid discipline, to avoid these things. And that's when I see rebellion come. That's interesting. It's when we lean into our God-ordained responsibility, coupled with affection, prayer, all the things you're talking about, that I see a new thing in my son's character and a desire to be closer to me, almost as though he trusts me more when I discipline him well. Yeah. When we do it consistently. He said inconsistent use of spanking in the rod or failure to persist, or failure to be effective, uh, doing it in anger. I remember one time, um, Olivia was, we were at Cracker Barrel, and we were having uh, a meal together, and uh, Olivia was just, a, you know, pretty, about two years old, and she t- took the little triangle game that's on every table, and she was taking the little pieces, and she was throwing them on the floor. And I, re- I, 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 I pick them up the floor, uh, off the floor about three or four times, and I realized... She's not doing this uh, on accident. This is purposeful. She's just picking them up and throwing them. And so I looked at her and I said, hey, honey, don't, don't throw any more on the floor. And, and, I, and she did it one more time. And then I said, honey, now if you pick these up and you throw them on the floor, what is daddy going to do? And she knew exactly what I meant. And she said, I'll get a spanking. I said, that's right. If you, now, now it's not a, so much an issue of you, you are disobeying daddy. And I, I mean, pretty soon the food comes and she picked up two of those pieces and she looked right in my eyes and she threw them on the ground. I'm like, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So here's my eggs and my bacon sitting right there. It's hot. And I'm like going. So I, I graciously pick her up. And I take her out to the car because you can't do this. You, you, you know, spanking is never to be done in public. It's supposed to be done in the context of, of family and with home. And I take her out there and I give her a spanking. 
And she cries. And I said, honey, if you do that again, if you pick up those pieces and throw them on the ground, what's going to happen? And she says, spanking. I said, that's right, because daddy loves you. So we go back in there, start a three bites of my eggs. She grabs two pieces of that triangle, and she looks at me in the eye, and she throws them on the ground again. And I look at her, and I said, the sin of the mother is coming out of the child. <laughs> but it was I, I, I had to pick her up again, take her out to the car, lovingly discipline her again. And I said, as she's got tears in her eyes, I said, Olivia, if you do that again, what's going to happen? She goes, spanking. I said, that's right. Daddy loves you and you'll get another spanking. Hallelujah. She didn't do it again. <laughs> but you the know, food was cold. But you know. <laughs> yeah, the, cold, the eggs, were, that was, it was over. But you know, when we do it with grace and love, um, uh, he talks about the fruit of the rod, that the rod shows authority over mom. Uh, God's authority is over mom and dad. And uh, he mentions uh, several things here. It really demonstrates parental love and commitment. And uh, the rod, it bears wonderful fruit. It, it gives peace and righteousness in the home. And, and uh, it gives the, the child to turn around and be a blessing. But... Um, Max, in the, in, the, in the 12th chapter, he talks about how we need to appeal to the conscience. And, and you, you've got a short little story there about one of your kiddos. Yeah, you know, in the past year, we had a great opportunity to be reminded of the benefit of appealing to the conscience over just surface issues. Our oldest, um, he's not going to like that I'm sharing this, but uh, <laughs> he had gotten into this habit of, of wanting these little gift card things from restaurants and whatever else and he would always ask people would give it to him he was at walmart one day and he had asked his mother if he could have a stack of those and she told him no she you know he needed to put them down well he took them anyway she didn't realize it until later in the day he had stolen this the, stack. Sin, the sin of the mother is coming out <laughs> it always goes back to the mother <laughs> i didn't say that sarah it was kurt but we had been talking with him for about a year about baptism he was interested in it, but every time we talked about it, it was clearly just something that his friends had done, and he thought it would make us happy with him if he was baptized. But it was in this corrective season in talking not just about you shouldn't steal, but talking about the heart of God and his rescue mission in Jesus to redeem us from our sin, mm. that all these light bulbs came on in my oldest son's head, and this circumstance where we could have just been angry about stealing turned into a profoundly redemptive mm. moment that resulted in him now understanding his place as a sinner who needed to be redeemed and his gratitude that Jesus offered that. Mm. And he was baptized a month later. That's, that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. Wow, guys, our time has flown by. Hey, Max, would you please uh, just pray for us dads that we would have the grace and the wisdom as we think about rearing, you know, rearing our kids and disciplining them and all that stuff. Would you pray for us, please? Absolutely. Father God, we are grateful in every way that you have given us the privilege to to be fathers ourselves and that ultimately you have set for us an example that is worth following, that you are our good father, that you have um, clearly demonstrated all the wonderful things in your heart and character in the person of Jesus Christ and that you have given us the power of your Holy Spirit not only to know you 
but that we would grow in the mind and likeness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, God, we are thankful, and it is our desire to be the sort of fathers that would point our children to you in all things. Mm-hmm. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Rob. As Appreciate talk, you guys coming in. As we talk about disciplining your kids and how can we possibly do that, it reminds me of the Rembrandt painting, The Return of the Prodigal. And if that picture, there's the son of the, the prodigal son is on his knees and the father has both of his hands on the shoulders of the son. And one of the hands, if you notice, is a feminine hand. It, if you look at the picture, it's a, almost a woman's hand. And then the other hand is a man's hand on top of the son. And so the left hand re- represents that the love created in God's image, the woman, that affection, that, uh, that desire for the son. And the other hand is the man's hand. And it has maybe that hand of correction, that hand of a little bit more uh, firmness. heaviness, firmness, right? How could we do both to someone we love? Because God the Father Mm. has both and proverbs 3 says because the lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in we don't discipline our kids because we're mad at them we discipline them because we love them because the father disciplines us hey thanks for listening we're gonna be back next week talking more about shepherding a child's heart on solid steps radio